Welcome, everybody. This is Talk to Wild Podcast. We're your host, Ken and Derek. All right, let's get started. So, last night, we had a defensive battle against the San Francisco 49ers and Dallas Cowboys. Niners come out on top, 19-12, to move on to the NFC Championship. Um, yeah, uh, Old school rivalry was uh, renewed. Um, I'm the Niner fan. You're a Dallas fan. Any thoughts? I mean, it was a it was a boring ass game. I would say from a from an action standpoint, I'm not a big fan of defensive battles. But it it was a good game, though. Yeah, I don't know. I guess being a Niner fan. And being how how good their defenses have been over the past, you know, up and down over the past decade, yeah, you kind of go accustomed to to being a defensive minded kind of kind of fan. But yeah, I get it. You you like you know everyone likes to see touchdowns and everything else. But but yeah, it was still still nice to get that win. Now the thing I, I gotta I. Thing I'm wondering is, yeah, Tony Pollard was injured in the second quarter. <clears throat> Where the hell was Dallas rookie running back Malik? Isn't it Malik? Yeah, yeah, and actually he broke his fibula. Like that wasn't even like a twisted <laughs> ankle. Like he, you know, that's a that's a pretty serious injury, and a lot of people feel like. You know, that can affect his explosiveness going forward. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how the contract negotiations go because he's on a contract year. And a lot of people feel like he was going to be franchise tagged at the end of this year. You know, he easily had the best season that he's had his career, and he was a pro bowler, so it was hard to see him go down. But, damn, like a broken fibula? I mean, that I understand crying about. You know, I know Debo cried about a sprained ankle, but you know, <laughs> Pollard actually broke his fibula, and uh, you know he didn't cry. So that was an well, observation I made. It's because the damage he sustained earlier—he's got a metal plate in his leg. So yeah, I mean, I get you want to take shots at Debo because of Micah, and <laughs> but. Sounds yeah, like just, sounds like he was being a bitch. Yeah. He was crying over a, a sprained ankle. He missed like one game, but uh, Pollard actually broke his fibula. Man, that's tough. I don't even really know. I don't know. I I don't really know what the timeline is. I don't even know if he'll be ready for the preseason for training camp. Like you know, they're saying it was it was pretty bad. Yeah, it sounds like he's gonna be out for like a year. That's. Not exactly something that you're gonna he wants to fuck around with, especially being the kind of back he that he is. Now it does kinda kinda bring up the question, like I said, you had Zeke in there and no one saw was it Malik Davis? Yeah, it was a shock to see 
it was a shock that he wasn't used more. You know, because there were, I mean, there was definitely opportunity to do that. And, I mean, it, even though Zeke is still good, he's more of a complimentary back right now, at least in this point in his career. So, it was a shock to not see him used. But then again, I mean, there was a lot of the timid coaching on the Dallas side. So, it doesn't shock me that they were, you know, did out of character shit. You know, because they were they were pretty much coaching scared. I think of, I think McCarthy's one of those coaches where he just wants to be in the game. He just wants it to be close, and all the risk taking and all the stuff that happened last week kind of went out the window this week. So, I don't know if that has something to do with the way Dak was playing, but there definitely wasn't a level of aggression on the offense that, that I expected on the on the Cowboys side. Well, here's the thing, is that, like, everyone was all well, all happy about y'all's first, you know, playoff win this season, but, and everyone was talking about how, oh, that was Dak's best performance of his career, and, you know, if they play like this, you know, they can beat anybody, not not noticing that they beat the fucking Tampa Bay Bucks. Like, I don't know if anyone else noticed, but the Tampa Bay Bucks, they they were kind of a shoe-in. Like, look at that division where they're like below five hundred. Like to to have that much that high hopes and kinda I get you wanna you wanna kinda feed off of a win. But I think they were a little bit overconfident of how they performed against a shit team and then go into a game against somebody that isn't a shit team. I mean, because technically yeah. you can look at, at – uh, that was Brock Purdy's first start was against Tampa Bay, and he, he fucking torched them up. So, yeah, they could put was... argument there, but – that was a there was a that was an interesting part of the game though, and I do think that this was the best defense that Purdy's faced, and this was the best defense that the Niners have faced since acquiring McCaffrey, because even when you know they lost to the Chiefs, it wasn't necessarily because the Chiefs had defense and were putting clamps on everybody, and the Cowboys pretty much on the defensive side of the ball were able to do whatever they wanted, and that started from the beginning. And I think that was probably the one time where at least it seemed like Shanahan was kind of sheltering Purdy. You know, he wasn't necessarily having him sling the ball, and maybe it was because it wasn't necessary. Maybe he realized the type of game it was, and he's like, we don't really need passes down the field. We don't really need him to open up the field. Or maybe he just didn't want him to have an opportunity to make a Dak-like mistake, and and maybe maybe he was he was sheltered a little bit. I don't know. I know that he played very well, considering you know considering the defense that he was facing. I mean, I thought for sure he was going to throw a pick six to Micah on like the second play of the game, and you think about it, most rookies would have thrown that ball to Debo. And it would have been picked off by Parsons and ran back. But Purdy saw it, tucked it, took the sack. You know, that those types of smart plays 
are the plays that keep you in games, and and those are the types of decisions that win those type those close games. I don't think it was. I mean, I guess a little bit was was him kind of. You could say it was kind of protecting Purdy, but it was the way I saw it was that he just didn't have time to to sling it downfield a lot of the times, like. And it wasn't necessarily Parsons. It was more like, was it Watkins or Watson and fucking Lawrence that was getting through more than anything? Yeah, Parsons was disruptive, but but yeah, Lawrence was getting through. Pretty much looked like he was getting through untouched some of the times. So he really didn't have the time. Parsons played a lot of coverage in that game. Which you know is a good is a good reason why a lot of those dink and dunk screens that the Niners love to run didn't work because you know they the the Cowboys have the speed to stop that kind of shit. Now what was shocking even for me, I know the defense was good and it's been good all year, but to shut down McCaffrey like they did was, I mean I've never I've never seen a team put the clamps on McCaffrey like that, not since he's become a Niner. So. That was kind of interesting. That was new to see. Um, but at the end, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter. That was one of them games where it came down to turnovers. And, you know, Dak, of course, loves to throw to the other team. Well, I mean, eventually they got, I know McCaffrey scored a touchdown. And if anything, Elijah Mitchell was able to break the, through the line better than McCaffrey. I think they they had their eyes out for McCaffrey more. And then once Elijah Mitchell got in there, it was almost kind of like, for some reason, they didn't try to do the same thing with him. But I don't know. I guess, you know, sometimes just having that two-headed monster, that's that's the whole point of having it, is that when one's not doing good, the other one can come in there and slice it up. But, yeah, but yeah I, I was I was kind of surprised how Dallas Dallas was, was kind of playing a little timid. Like I said, they, they could have um, – put the rookie in there to help Deke, uh, Zeke out a little bit. But, yeah, you just didn't see that. And, you know, I get that that McCarthy, I don't know. He's, I don't know. I, I guess you could say he, he does play just to stay in the game. He's not as, as aggressive as he could be. Like we've seen you guys play against, like, like I guess, like, like Tampa Bay or play against yeah. um, the Vikings. Or some, you know, other teams where you guys scored multiple, you know, a lot I mean, of touchdowns. He, I mean, you think even in the first half, I mean, there were, what, two two fourth downs that Dallas went for it and converted? Like, it's not like the the possibility to convert a fourth down wasn't there. They, I mean, pretty much converted every single one they attempted. And then all of a sudden, you know, in the fourth quarter, you're looking at a fourth and ten and you get scared. And and you punt the ball for whatever reason. Like, there literally is no other reason other than he didn't trust Dak or he just wants to stay in the game. He just wants to drag this game out longer and is afraid that Dak's going to throw a pick six because, I mean, in all reality, he did throw one. He That first play, when when Dallas got the ball, it's the second to last drive. He threw, he threw it. Was it straight to Greenlaw? Was who was it? Was straight to the linebacker. Like that was six points. Yeah, it was. If he would have caught it, that would have been six. Like, that was like was the third quarter. That was easily six. So I mean, I don't know if it was fear, but there comes a time in the game where it's just like you kind of have to go for the win. 
and you see your quarterback struggling, but you you don't play the game to drag it out and keep it close. There's no reason for that. And I think the Niners have an excellent defense. I think Warner had a great game. I mean, Warner, Warner is a straight beast, and I feel like the play of Warner, the play of the linebackers kind of masks the fact that their secondary really isn't that good. And they're not necessarily that good against the big play either. But again, when you're playing timid, it doesn't really matter. When all the passes are going to the strength of the defense, then that's why Warner has such a big game. You know, even considering the fact that Boza didn't really get a sack that game. At least I don't remember seeing one. Well, I don't know. I I think the the Niners secondary is under underrated because of how well the front plays and the linebackers play. Like when you got your team playing that well in the front, your front seven, then yeah, you, you know, unless you're and the Niners have like I think they're second in picks and takeaways. So I think they had like 30, 30 takeaways this this season. So it's just that you know it's everyone looks at like Fred Warner, Drake Reedlaw, fucking Alshair, obviously Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead. But I think the just the fact that you know, Nick Bosa is so disruptive that you have to pay so much attention to him, it opens it up for other people. I think our the Niners defensive line is kind of overrated um, because of the attention that Nick Bosa brings. Now, if Nick Bosa wasn't there and you put somebody else there, I think it's going to be a totally different story. But I did notice one play, I think it was in the third quarter, where Kittle made that that juggling catch and it looked like they had a defensive end covering Kittle at the time. Yeah, that was <laughs> which was fucking nuts. Tackle up the field. <clears throat> they ran up the field. No, that was a crazy play by Kittle. I mean a great catch by Kittle. He's just a and, he's a beast. And I feel like when the offense runs through Kittle, then it's almost always a win. Like, I feel like he puts the Niners in the best position to win games. Yeah, apparently he wasn't even supposed to be in the progression. But, yeah, there I saw, like, the interview at the end of the game. He said that he wasn't in the progression, but he had uh, seen something that the defense was uh, was giving him, and he decided to run that route and hurt <laughs> you know, him. I don't know why tight ends always got to say some shit like that. Because I feel like Kelsey says that shit all the time, too. Like, yeah, you know, I wasn't even supposed to be on the field, but, you know, I I saw an opening, so I just ran there and caught the ball. Like, no shit, motherfuckers. <laughs> if the play breaks down, fucking get open. Like, that's everybody. But tight ends, but, for some reason, always got to hype it up. <laughs> because for some reason, it's like, for some reason, it seems like defense is only key in on – on wide receivers, even knowing that tight ends are such a big part of today's game. Like you see with Kelsey, you saw with like Gronk was just, Gronk and Vernon Davis were like the ones who brought it out. Him and like Tony Gonzalez. And oh, obviously that's where he started shooting motherfuckers. Yeah, and then there was <laughs> damn it, who is the one who played for the Chargers? Has like the Antonio Gates. <laughs> Yeah, but I do have um a clip from uh, Mike McCarthy at the end of the game, and 
Yeah, I get. I, I made a post about this um, after the game where I showed uh, Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers hugging because I don't know if you know Mike McCarthy is now zero five now or zero four against the Niners in the postseason. I believe it. But uh, yeah, here's uh, Mike McCarthy at the end of the game. Now, if you want to crown them, they crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you see he shoved the cameraman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. He's uh, uh, get the Look, sometimes the cameraman's got to catch it. You saw Devontae Adams earlier this year. Sometimes the cameraman got to catch it. I will say this about coaches, and I don't fucking understand it. I don't understand it. There are certain coaches like McCarthy and Sean Payton that literally have been coaching for a 1,000 years and have won Super Bowl with a Hall of Fame quarterback, and then somehow they're considered an elite coach. Like, I really do not understand that shit. One Super Bowl automatically makes you, oh, it's a top target here. Got to get this guy. When in all reality, I mean, you look at that team he won with, who wouldn't have won with that team? You know, his resume isn't that imp- it, it isn't that impressive. And a lot of people want Sean Payton to go to Dallas, but his resume isn't that impressive either, if we're being honest. I mean, look, so... When Sean Payton won the Super Bowl, he he didn't just have Drew Brees, but he also had a bomb-ass defense. And, you know, he also had, I think, did he have Greg Williams then? Was that around? That was around the um, – <laughs> I think it might have, yeah, it might have been when yeah. they had Sharper and all them. Yeah. yeah. So they had a bomb-ass defense. They were knocking motherfuckers out. So – yeah, I mean, I think it, it, it does come in, like, if Dallas were to get a I, – because I, I think Sean Payne's more of an aggressive coach. You don't really see him play scared, and you saw that with Drew Brees. And Drew Brees is a smaller quarterback as far as, like, stature, compared, yeah. especially compared to Dak. Like, if you can put that kind of aggressiveness with, with, um, with Dak and not play scared or have, you know, have that timid mentality – like you saw in, in, you know, last night's game against the Niners, you know, the whole week they were talking about, you know, how 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 good their def- or how good their offense was and the trust in that, that they had in their kicker. But the second that, that kick got blocked, it was like everything fell apart. It was like, oh, we don't know what we're gonna do here. It to the point where they had to take a fucking timeout to figure out what the hell they wanted to do. Maybe it was like you know it was kind of like, kind of like they it, they just fell apart after after that it was just like oh shit what do we do now and they were kind of just trying to figure shit out from that that point on. Now Sean Payton you don't really get that he knows what kind of quarterback Dak is and with a good coach you can I mean you can see that how uh, how much coaching plays a big part in a player's um you know progression you see that with Josh Allen. He lost what Brian Dable, and look at the the regression he's made this year. So having a good coach there might be that that thing that takes him to that next level. Now, yeah, they only have one one Super Bowl win, but you know they they are responsible for bringing in their own crew too. Like you know bringing in like 
a defensive coach or whatever, bringing in their own team, whatever. But, yeah, it, it all comes down to a full package. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, I will say I will say this to to the Cowboy fans. I mean, as far as Jerry Jones and blaming Jerry Jones, it's it's definitely not. I I don't think it's Jerry Jones's fault. If you look at the GMing, as far as the the roster and how the roster's put together, there's a lot of talent on the team, and that's because Dallas is one of the best drafting teams in the NFL. Like these players aren't traded for these players. 99% of those players on the field were drafted and have only played for Dallas. So as far as building a roster, I don't necessarily think that's the weakness, but it's using those pieces and paying the right people. And I, I don't necessarily think that Dak is trash, but he's definitely not, he's definitely not elite. He definitely the pay and the production do not match up. And it's the same thing with Zeke. But Zeke already said he's going to, you know, he's fine taking a pay cut next season, which he he most likely will, which will free up cap. But Dak is still demanding a lot of money just for him to continue to throw picks. And I don't know, maybe they need a coaching change. Maybe they need a new coordinator. But some shit has to move because as far as talent, I mean, I do feel like the team is ready. The defense is ready. You know, the offense, you know, the coordinator, something needs to happen. Something needs to change because, it, I mean, it seems to be the same story every year. And, uh, I mean, at this point, it's getting old. Yeah, I mean, they, shit. I think a, co- a coaching change could definitely do some, some good for them. Like I said, somebody that's not going to just switch up the plan or kind of play to their strengths a little bit more. You know, we hear – I know I've heard over and over again how Mike McCarthy wants to – wants Dak to, you know, not to let off the gas, to stay aggressive, but then come game time and it's a totally different story. So, I don't know. Maybe they maybe they do need to make a bit of a change. Maybe if it's, it's an offensive coordinator kind of thing. But I think some changes definitely need to be made. And as far as, like, Dak – wanting that much money. Like, it, they made the mistake just like the Cardinals made a mistake with Kyler. They paid him, and he was pretty unproven. Yeah. Now, the deck that you had early in his – very early in his career wasn't the deck that you have now. Like, yeah, you had Zeke running the ball. You had a better running game. You, you relied on your running game more, and that opened right. up shit for the pass. Now, you could look at the same thing with, like, Brock Purdy. Like, we don't rely solely on Brock Purdy to win the game for us. You know, we do lean on the running game quite a bit. And I think Kyle Shanahan understands that. That's why we went out and got Christian McCaffrey. And while we have another running back like Elijah Mitchell, you know, having that running game, having that threat, you know, does open up a lot of things. And I think – if they would have put the rookie in Malik Davis along with with um Zeke to kind of tire out the Niner defense, they could have done something because it wasn't like they were getting tackled for loss every fucking play. You know, they're still, you know, even if it was like three or four yards, they were still getting some kind of yards out of it. So, and you can yeah. only 
the play action. And they, they did expose that a little bit, the secondary, you know, a couple times with C.D. Lamb on those deep passes, which I, I would say that was fucking impressive with that pass interference with where C.D. Lamb caught the ball after getting, you know, pushed. Yeah. It was pretty impressive. But, I mean, you know, it is what it is. That's, you know, unfortunately, got to wait till next season. And, yeah, we'll see what, where that goes from there. But I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, there's certain teams, and I feel like, uh, you know, you kind of see it in the playoffs in general because uh, there, was, there was other games where there's teams that rely too much on their QB, and then there's teams – that you know that they rely just just enough on their QB to win games, and um, if you if you I mean specifically talking about the Bills game, you know mm-hmm. this kind of it's kind of the opposite where you don't have a running game and somehow you're expecting Josh Allen to outrush every player on the field and also out throw every player on the field. So, yeah, not sure how you feel about that game. Yeah, so the Bengals just destroy the Bills at home, 27 to 10. And, I mean, this game should have been played in Cincy, if we're being honest. <laughs> or, a neutral, or a neutral site. <laughs> No, because looking at the game that DeMar Hamlin went out and they canceled it, the Bengals looked exactly like they looked this opening drive. They were on fire, and the the Bills kind of stuttered a little bit. And maybe not having that game to um, to kind of scheme against, you know, the second time around kind of hurt the Bills. I know. And what? I, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, why? Why did they try to use DeMar Hamlin on the jumbo trauma on third and goal to hype up the defense? <laughs> you know, I'm, I, I was I was like, is that even DeMar Hamlin? Because they yes. showed him, they're like, they're like oh, and DeMar Hamlin is coming in, and they showed a dude in the fucking cart that had the hoodie on, the glasses, face yeah. covered. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, there goes DeMar Hamlin and his family. And they only showed his his like mom and his son or whatever, and then they showed the backside of the dude walking, and then no. every time they showed Lamar Hamlin in the booth, it was right. all shaded. And I'm like, come on! What's crazy was he's in a booth. Like you got a ski mask on, hoodie <laughs> up. Like get a motherfucker to turn the heat on in there. Why is it so cold in the booth? Nobody, everybody else walking around in jerseys and shit. And this motherfucker's bundled up like he's on the field. I don't know. It did. I thought it looked a little weird too, especially when he was in the booth. I'm like, come on, man. I know that shit's climate controlled in there. Yeah, it just some just didn't seem right. I think I don't know. I mean, because I, I, I didn't pay attention. <laughs> did they actually show Demarlin's space? No, they just showed him on the jumbotron with his whole everything on, yeah. hood up, glasses, goggles, on some more. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that was Tamar Hamlin. <laughs> and it was on third and goal. I'm like, stop playing. You're gonna try to parade this man out here because the the Bengals had the ball inside like the ten, and on third and goal, they're like, and now we're cutting to Demar Hamlin. Like, why couldn't you cut to him earlier? 
why are we using him like a mascot on third and goal to stop the Bengals from scoring? And then right what after I, that, Burrow throws a touchdown. <laughs> what I thought was funny was that they showed DeMar Hamlin and they're like, which, I like I said, I don't think it was DeMar Hamlin, and he did the heart symbol like he always does. Yeah. And then everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's DeMar. Look at him. He's, he's doing the heart. That's definitely yeah. him because nobody else does that. Like, like, I don't know. If you really believe that that was DeMar, and it was funny because I saw a video on Instagram, and it was somebody like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's definitely DeMar. And it shows him. He's got the hood up with the fucking big-ass glasses. And like I said, they only showed, like, the back of him other than that. And everyone's right. like, yeah, that's, that, that's definitely DeMar. Like, it was not DeMar Hamlin. Right. You know? And then when they put him, when they got the camera and recorded him in the booth, they got the camera outside the booth, three rows what? back, like looking through the window. I'm like, get the fuck. <laughs> they had, that looking through the tinted window. Right, like they had him, they had a camera earlier in that room, and all of a sudden you got to record this man. For, I was like, I don't know about this shit. They're trying to, I don't know, somehow they're trying to use him and exploit this injury to kind of give the Bills defense momentum. <laughs> It was just funny to watch them lose. I just thought I thought it was also funny that they're like they're like, oh yeah, and Demar Hamlin's gonna go down there and give him a a pep talk uh, in halftime. Because at that point, I, I talked to a Bills fan today, and he was like, I didn't even fucking watch the game. He was like, I saw the the first couple of drives, and I was like, up, I already know what's up. Hell yeah, like, they picked up right where they left off Monday night. Like the Bengals picked up that exact same way. Yep, and I guarantee you, um, his tomorrow's probably like, man, it's fucking snowing outside going to that shit. Like, what the fuck's wrong with y'all? Just get some dude that, you know, that can pass off as me. Make sure you keep your hood up, wear the glasses at all times. Yeah, he, gonna, had know, he had the full, the full like head mask, like the full. Like damn near a ski mask. This motherfucker could be anybody. I don't know. I'm glad he's doing great, and I'm glad the Bills are eliminated because if they didn't get eliminated, they were gonna fucking exploit this man's injury all the way to the Super Bowl. Like that shit was getting played out. Yeah, they definitely, they definitely were. I'm, I'm so (laughs) glad to see that shit because I was like. Like, like you said, I, we're glad that he's okay, but yeah, y'all really, really thought that that was gonna like there was legit people, legit like people that that cover the Bills that thought that they deserved to win the Super Bowl because of this shit. Yeah, and when I heard that, I was like, "You're you're out of your fucking mind." Right, you are out of your fucking mind. And <laughs> what is this shit about? You know, like this whole nickname calling Joe Burrow Joe Cool. No, no. Okay, <laughs> if anything, he's Joe Exotic because he's the Tiger King. All right, <laughs> he's not Joe Cool. Okay, <laughs> Joe Cool is Joe Montana. Okay. You can, you can have your own football nickname, but Joe Cool is Joe Montana. He has, he's, he has, he has uh, Joe Burr. He has Joe Shiesty. Like he has a lot. He has a lot of nicknames. 
You can have all those, but Joe Cool is Joe Montana, and it stays that. Now, you can be Joe, like I said, you can be Joe Exotic. Because, like I said, Bengal Tigers, you're the Tiger King. There you go. There you go, Joe Exotic. <laughs> but Joe Cool, that, that name's already taken. Yo, but they fucking beat this shit out the Bills. They and I, and then, I figured that was gonna happen. And then, and then the trolling, like Stefan Diggs, of course, left the left the stadium early. He left before everybody. He left before the coaches even left the field. And then supposedly Duke Johnson ran out and caught him, the practice squad running back, and brought him back. I don't know how the fuck he brought him back. And then he left shortly after that. Like, motherfucker, I'm going home. Like, what no. the fuck? What is there to talk about after a loss like that? I really don't no. understand these people that are like, no, you got to be a leader. Fuck that shit. We just lost to the Bengals. Fuck y'all. <laughs> nah, because they, the thing you guys didn't know is when he went and got him to bring him back, he was actually mic'd up. No shit. The practice squad. <laughs> The practice squad running back was mic'd up. Damn. And um, went and got Diggs. And, yeah, apparently there's a reason why he he was acting the way he was acting. Because he didn't want to be seen. So here's a a little bit from from that interaction. I just want to apologize ahead of time. That this might affect some of those. Here we go. Only reason I'm crying because of adrenaline. <laughs> so, damn. <laughs> you can imagine. You can only imagine the kind of pain that they were feeling. And then, you know, like I said, they, they try to really hype this shit up about, Damn. you know, Damar Hamlin's going to be here to give everyone a pep talk and all this shit. Ghost. And um, I don't know if you, you saw the uh, – because I know they posted it several times on Instagram at least. Probably on Twitter too. I don't know. I don't have a Twitter account yet. But um, of, of Diggs kind of st- – Standing in front of Josh Allen, like with it with his arms out, like yo, what the fuck's going on? Kind of kind of deal. Hell yeah, for for uh, Josh Allen, and um, I think people don't realize is that Josh Allen was also mic'd up. Oh shit! You know, sitting on the bench. Um, Dang. When Diggs is trying to yell at him. Yeah, so I just want to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> For those out there that this might affect. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, but, yeah, here you go. Here's Josh Allen when Diggs was trying to, you know, say what's up. Aww. See? <laughs> See? <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at me. Don't look at me. I, I think he wants privacy, Diggs. Yeah. Damn. Him, but like, <laughs> let him breathe. 
Yo, why was Diggs? Diggs is on social media. Yeah, I think it was on Twitter talking about, you know, in a nutshell, like, instead of criticizing my reaction, you know, y'all should criticize the loss and I don't like losing and, you know, that type, that whole shit. And fucking Eli Apple tweeted in response, Cancun on three. <laughs> yeah, he, like, yo, he is a straight savage out here, yo. Eli Apple, stay on these motherfuckers, man. three, I love it. I love it, man. I, honestly, anything to save us from watching a fucking neutral site game, I'm for it. Fuck that shit. Nobody wanted to see a neutral site game. So I'm yeah. I'm glad they lost and I got the Bengals going to the Super Bowl. But we can we can get into that later because we do gotta get into the Chiefs game also. Well, I, I do wanna say like one more thing about I guess the Bills. And yeah, it's this is why, like, when you're put in a position, especially coming in the playoffs, especially in the NFL, this is not college, ladies and gentlemen, the NFL, okay? When you have the opportunity to get that number one seed, you oh. take it, oh. okay? Now, everyone going, oh, you know, we don't need that number one seed. Bullshit. Bullshit. Because if you had that number one seed, you'd be seeing the Jaguars in the divisional round. <laughs> that, not is, the true. that okay? is true. So uh, everyone, all the fans, even Josh Allen was, uh, oh, we don't need, we're gonna, we're gonna beat them up. Like, yeah, okay. Well, you keep, you keep thinking that because you know what? You could, like, I think regardless, you would have had to, you would have gotten beat by the Bengals in the championship round, but you still would have had at least another week to figure that shit out. That's true. But, I mean, I, there is a lesson to be learned, though is that if a team is picked to win the Super Bowl before the season starts, that's most likely the team that's not going to win it. Right, and they do that shit with the MVP. Like, you know, people will start talking about MVP like two, three weeks in, and I'm like, this is literally not even halfway through and people are going, oh, yeah, we're, we're picking him to win the MVP this year. Like, for what? What did he do this year? I remember a couple of years ago they were doing that with Russell Wilson, and I'm like, "Yo, hasn't done a motherfucking thing yet," and y'all mm. are talking about MVP. Like, come on, man. Yeah, I'm telling and, you, favored, steer clear of whoever's favored before the game start. So I think they got a real, you know, they got hit with reality, and yeah. You saw that with, you know, Josh Allen. Like I said, I think he's regressed since, you know, Brian Dable left the, left the Bills to, to go. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, you but know. They need a running game. They need a running game. We talked about it. We talked about it last week. How if yeah. it knows, the Bengals have a better running game because the only running game the Bills have is Josh Allen. That's it. <laughs> That's yeah. all. They don't have a running game, and they need that so they can be more balanced. Your quarterback should not be the leading rusher. That should never happen, and if it happens, most of the time you're not going to win that game, especially if it's in the playoffs. 
Right. But, Especially going against fucking Joe Exotic. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you, you had mentioned uh, the Chiefs game. So yeah, moving on the Chiefs game. Chiefs beat the Jaguars 27-20. to It was a closer game. I mean, it wasn't as close as I thought it was going to be, but also Pat Mahomes has a high uncle sprain, so yeah. You know, he did, and and this is another interesting thing. Um, you know, he had the high ankle sprain, and they took him back into the locker room, and believe it or not, he was mic'd up. <laughs> no fucking way. There's no way he was mic'd up. That motherfucker was mic'd up. And I'm going to tell you now, apparently, he, when he got to the back, he was trying to milk it, and he was, he was, he was paralyzed. <laughs> I got to hear this. He was, he was, I don't know. I don't know if it was some type of CTE or what was going on, but... He kept telling the the training staff that he was paralyzed, and it I mean it got a little heated. Anyways, this is this is this is them. This is what happened when they took him to the back, training staff and and, and Patrick Mahomes. Paralyzed. I am so paralyzed. Okay. He's always crying. Tough love it is. Tough love. Mm-hmm. You idiot. You want to know what I am? You want to see what my life is? Don't you stab his leg. Sorry, I had to hear that. He actually stabbed his leg. Actually. I know a lot of you're not going to hear this from any other channel. I know, I understand. We're <laughs> <laughs> giving y'all the inside scoop. This man really told the training staff he was paralyzed. They told him he was not. He stabbed his leg, and then they threw him right back out there. <laughs> and you saw it, too, with him limping around the way he was, hopping on one leg. I'm surprised you didn't see the blood. Yeah. And Collinsworth, I mean, damn. Yo, Collinsworth was acting like this man, like he like he lost his leg, like he had it amputated. Like he's like, That's... oh, well, now fucking Pat Mahomes is mortal now. Like what yeah. the fuck? That's Collinsworth <laughs> for you though. Like Yo, Collinsworth be dick riding for real. <laughs> Yo, so hard, so hard. Like it, it's not there. There is no question. Like, if you want a hype man to make you seem like you are a god amongst yeah. humans, um, uh, amongst us mortals, have Collinsworth fucking call one of your games or whatever. Have have him call yeah. one of your whatever it is. You you could be washing dishes, and this man can hype you up to be the best dishwasher to ever fucking live on planet earth and in the universe like yeah no collinsworth was out there i was like wow i mean it's a fucking it's just a sprain like it's okay (laughs) he's not paralyzed (laughs) right right like 
And you know, now imagine if he still had that knife in his leg. Like right. then I'd be like, oh shit, this motherfucker's playing with a knife in his leg. Hell yeah. No, but, you know. I'll tell you what though, the Jaguars played that really close. Some will say that, you know, it was fixed. You know, Vegas set it up that way so that you know, people that people that bet on the they took the points won. But at the end of the day, they proved why, you know, they're the Jaguars. Like, you know, they fuck shit up. They could have won the game and they really fucked it up. I mean, realistically, they're like, you know what I'm saying? That shit will lose a game for you. It's the, the that coach's first year coaching them, you know, and, and that's a year after having a deal with uh what's his fucking face from college. After he fucked the whole team up. Oh, yeah. yeah, I know who you're talking about. I, mean, I forget what his name was. I forget who he, it was. He was bullying the kicker. Never mind. Yeah, so... He was bullying yeah. the kicker. Yeah. Like, he fucked up the whole organization. So, yeah. like, he yeah. had to rebuild that shit from the ground up. Well, she did a great job. Yeah. And I, I did see see a side of uh, Trevor Lawrence's year that that some might say that, you know, they were expecting a little bit, you know, I, I think if he had had this kind of year last year, it'd be a totally different. But, yeah, you did see a good progression in that team. You saw that they had a lot of talent on that team with a lot of potential. And, yeah, given like a full, a full season now that they have under their belt with, you know, a, a playoff win, you know, that that's a good sign that they're going in the right direction. Now they're still a very young yeah. team with a very young quarterback who's, you know, he's obviously a fucking, you know, he's he's a fucking stud. So, shit, they definitely have a bright future. But for sure, yeah, for sure, this was his was second year in the league, and Etienne's first, technically his second year, but his first year playing because he missed a he missed last season with the injury, and so I think Christian Kirk proved that he was worth that month the money they paid him which pretty much reset the whole wide receiver market and they get yeah. calvin ridley next season unless he bet on playoff games which then they'll suspend him for another year yeah, i totally <laughs> forgot about his ass but yeah they do get calvin ridley next year so i mean the jaguars in that division in that weak ass division are definitely the favorites i think to win it again next season I mean, dependent unless the Titans pick up a quarterback or somehow upgraded that position, I think it's the Jaguars division to lose for sure. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So like I said, they're still a young team. You pointed out a lot of their you know, a lot of their skilled players, plus, you know, Zay Jones. But shit, man, I, I am I am very curious to see how they do next year. But we'll we'll cover that when the time comes. Now there was a there was a blowout, another blowout this uh, this it week. And, yeah, and you know what? Here's the fucked up part. It, okay, so obviously the we're gonna talk about the Giants and Eagles. Eagles just demolished the Giants, thirty-eight to seven. Now I fucked up on Saturday. Okay, so sometimes, so I. I watch. Um, 
No, I didn't. I actually didn't bet on any games this weekend. Uh, yeah, I was I, I bullshitted. But um, so sometimes I'll watch the games on on YouTube TV and just stream it to my TV, <clears throat> depending on you know what games are on or whatever. So I went on YouTube TV, and this is right before the game was supposed to start. And on the first, the first slot they had for the TV for for the NFL games was Giants Eagles. Not even thinking about what time or who played first or whatever. So I click on that. It took me till like because I was also fucking around on my phone. It took me till seeing the Giants block a punt for the Eagles and seeing the kicker kind of running out of the end zone to be like, hold up. Didn't this happen earlier in the year? And on the top right corner, it was like week 12. And I was like, oh, shit. Come <laughs> to find out. Like, yeah. I, so I switched to the proper game, which was the Chiefs Jags. Later on in the evening, when the fucking Giants and Eagles actually play, not much difference. Not much difference at all. Yeah, pretty pretty Eagles, fucking bad. Eagles destroyed the Giants in that game too, or in that, the game in Week 12, and again this round. And I'm like, oh, well, I guess I technically I could have watched that last game and fucking nothing would be, you know, different. Yeah. Like, that was bad. And apparently the Giants are, um, are going to be moving on – with Jones? Yeah. Yeah, I guess they're, they're in negotiations now re-signing Jones long-term. So they're looking to go in that direction. Maybe maybe they feel like – I mean, I, this is the thing I will say about Jones. I mean, yeah, I don't. I personally don't think he's a, you know, he's a franchise quarterback. But then again, he doesn't have any targets. Like, they literally – the Giants probably have the worst wide receiver set in the NFL. They literally have no targets at wide receiver. So, and they made it to the playoffs. So, you figure if they can, you know, keep Saquon, of course, Saquon's most likely going to reset the running back. Um, he's going to reset the running back pay scale this, this offseason because he's doing actually, contract. Actually, no. No. He, he's, he's already said that. He's not gonna. He's not gonna try to break the bank. He just he wants to do what's best for the team. So I don't know. That's I interesting. Don't, <laughs> I don't know if he's gonna take that route. There are some players out there that that wanna you know stick with the the team that drafted them throughout their career and are willing to do that to to build the team around them because they see potential. Now you did see, like you said, they have no targets on that offense. Saquon is the only motherfucker that you can really get the ball to that can be like, all, all right. right, yeah, he he can score a touchdown. Aside from you know Jones running it, taking the ball himself. So, yeah. you know, with those two players, I'm I'm pretty sure that with Brian Dable, because which I think is arguably coach of the year for what he's yeah. done with the Giants. Um, I think he sees the potential in that team is like, and he's like, if I don't, if I save some money on the cap by not doing it, either, either not getting, you know, breaking the bank or setting a record for, for running backs, 
or signing a long deal and just, you know, getting paid throughout time. But yeah, apparently he's he's saying that he's he he's more concerned about building the team rather than building his pockets. Yeah, I so, mean we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Because it's I mean, running backs aren't they're it's not the same as receivers and quarterbacks. So I think they can still pay him top three in that position and it's still not necessarily break the bank. Um, but yeah, that they have a lot of pieces and considering the lack of talent on offense and considering how far they made it, you know, if you're a giant fan, you have a lot to look forward to. You, you really do because a couple signings here and there. And the next thing you know, the giants are a contender again. Um, in, in what's looking like the toughest division in the NFL, um, at least based on this year. That could all change next year. But, yeah, I was uh, going to you guys had the, the NFC East was, I mean, you guys had three teams in the playoffs. was almost going to be four if, you know, shit. Technically, yeah. they could have they kicked Tampa out of the NFC South <laughs> out of the whole division and put all four teams from the NFC East in there. That is true. That is true. But, and, you know, going into the divisional round, there were still three teams from the NFC East in there. Mm-hmm. You know? So that just goes to show you the competition that they were up against. And for them to make it to the, you know, past the wild, the super wild card weekend, um, yeah. it's impressive, you know, because they, yeah. they didn't exactly go against, you know, like Tampa Bay or – someone that just kind of scooted in. They were the team that kind of scooted in. And they beat a, you know, a 13-win team in the Vikings. So, like I said, I think – Now, I will say the Eagles, though. I will say the Eagles did – I mean, they did look impressive in that win, though. (laughs) They are definitely a different team when Hurts is in there. And everything's clicking like they, you know, they dominated them. That shit was never close. There was never a moment when you thought, oh, the Giants are in this game. No, that shit got out of control and stayed out of control. Yeah, it kind of makes you wonder if the Giants were kind of like, oh, we almost beat them with our second string offense. And was like, oh, we got this and just kind of slept on them. You know, I was thinking, I was thinking, and maybe this is just thinking too into it, but I I mean, do you question that decision at the end of the year? Like, they should have went out there and tried to beat them. I feel like if they beat them in that game, not that it mattered necessarily, because I don't think it would have affected seeding at all, but it sends a message that, like, you know, if we got to do this, we can win. But, no, they go in there and lose, and then – I don't know. Maybe maybe the psychology of the players would have been different had they actually competed the last time they faced them. Yeah, I think so. I think, yeah, I think if if they would have played their starters and not rested them, yeah, I think they would have beat the Eagles and kind of put some kind of doubt in their head. I think they're, you know, that, you know, people kind of – underestimate how much the psychology behind it plays a big part in and how how players play the game. So yeah, I think yeah. them having that that little bit of an edge over them, like, hey, we 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 got you guys, you know, we because that game, if they would have beat the Eagles, 
in week 18, that would have changed the whole seeding. Like that, the Niners would have been the number one seed. You know, um, I think the Eagles would have still been number two. But that would have changed a lot of things in the NFC. So, yeah, I I definitely, you know, I definitely think they sat their, their starters for no apparent reason just because they were scared. (laughs) <laughs> and realistically, like I guess, I guess to their, I guess to their defense, who do they really have? Like they don't really have the weapons, so they wanted to keep the weapons they did have healthy. Right. But at the same time, you could still kept, you know, Daniel Jones in there and maybe treated it like a. Almost like a preseason game, you could have you could have had Saquon on there for their first half, see how the game went. But but yeah, I think they should have went after that win that last week, and then you know their seating may not have changed, but it would have changed the whole dynamic, and everything else. So true. I will say, I mean, at least you know this season, uh, it matters to be number one. Like both all you know all the number ones won and. The championship games in both conferences are going through the number one team's uh, stadium. So it does matter to be number one. Um, I think, you know, I think that that's been proven. And who knows? Who knows how those games will go? But, um, but yeah, the, the, the Eagles are, are pretty well. And they have a great – and they got a great draft to look forward to. I mean, shit. <laughs> The Eagles are are situated nicely as far as uh as far as teams going forward in the present and going forward. Yeah, yeah, you ain't lying. <laughs> like that shit, the Niners got to go there. Whew. Yeah, that's gonna be rough, you know. And th- that's why I just I, I did. And to bring it back to to the whole Bills thing, that's why I thought it was funny when you know. Not just the Bills, but the Bills Mafia was like, oh, we don't give a fuck about the number one seed. Really? You don't care about giving your guys a rest, you know, a one-week rest in one of the the most important times of the year? Yeah. You don't care about that? Yeah. Nah, fuck that shit. Fuck rest. But, you know, <laughs> but I do think Von Miller yeah. was more important to that team than than they thought. Like I, I do think he they missed him in that game because that defense was I mean, Burrow was pretty much doing what he wanted out there. Yeah. I don't know if you saw this, uh it was like a pregame thing. And it it looked, I'm not gonna lie, it looked tight as shit. Like they had like the slow motion shit where Joe Burrow threw a pass and as he like when he let go of the pass, he just kinda spun around. And of course, through a fucking dot, and uh, yeah, it was just a. It would have made a perfect like um, a perfect promo for Joe Burrow because that was uh or Joe Exotic. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, that shit that shit just looked tight. But I don't know that. Like I said, that that just shows the importance. And I hope I hope the Bills learn something. I hope hope Bills Mafia learned something about this. That one. Uh, that wasn't Demar Hamlin. <laughs> and, and two, 
Um, playoff seeding matters, especially when it comes to that number one seed. That's, That's true, but I mean, that, I don't know. I think they were going to get it at some point. I, I think oh no, the way that defense collapsed, it was only a matter of time. No, they, they definitely would have gotten it from the Bengals. Um, cause I, I do think regardless if Pat Mahomes is healthy or not, the Bengals are going to, are going to win. So, but yeah, they would, if they wouldn't have got it from the Bengals, like, you know, this week, it would have been next week. So either yeah. way they were going to get, they're just more of a complete team. And we want to, you, I mean, you've mentioned it several times, like you got, you know, they rely on Josh Allen to do too many, you know, to play too many parts on that offense. You cannot have your quarterback play running back and quarterback at the same time. Not happening. And then, of course, decided to say, oh, you know, it was my elbow. Um, (laughs) You know, I I just – I love how – You look at the Chiefs, and, I mean, you can say that they throw the ball and they rely on Mahomes heavy, but they didn't really start – taking off until Pacheco took over that starting running back role. And then when Pacheco started having success on the ground, now all of a sudden they got a different dimension. Now all of a sudden they're unbeatable. Yeah. So, I mean, realistically, Pat Mahomes, I think, could have sat out the rest of the game or should have because the way Chad Henney was playing, um. Yeah, didn't look like they were slowing down. Their running game was 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 really clicking. Henny was was moving the ball. Like I, I would understand if if he was fucking up and he didn't score. But yeah, they they definitely they definitely showed that they can win, or at least they could have won that game without Pat Mahomes. But I mean, it, yeah, it's that just goes to show you how how complete uh, of a team they really are when you can have, you know, your quarterback can be out for a couple of series or whatever, and you could still produce, but yeah, that shit's, um, that shit's fucking crazy, but we do have a, Oh boy. An interesting uh, pod coming up this Thursday. Of course, we'll talk more or we'll talk more about, about these upcoming matchups between the 49ers and the Eagles and the Bengals and Chiefs for the uh, conference championship. And, and yeah, we'll also go over these potential coaching changes coming up this in the off season. There are several, several jobs that are open, several interviews being, being uh, conducted with these coaches. Some of them are still coaching in the NFL now. So um, yeah, of course, we wanted to go over that today, but it seems like we're um, – yeah, there, were, there was more than enough to talk about in the divisional round. But we have plenty of that to talk about this coming pod on Thursday. Yep. But, but thank you, everybody, for listening in. Uh, don't forget, you can win 100 bucks uh, by commenting on our takes on all the episodes – during the NFL playoffs for this season, starting with the episode No F and Way, and then the following episodes like tonight's episode and our previous one.
But yeah, comment on the show on our takes. Give your take if you agree or disagree, whatever. Send us a DM, voice or text at our Instagram, talk to walk in um, podcast on Instagram, or send us an email, talk to walk podcast at gmail.com. But uh, until Thursday, kiss your grandma goodnight. Um, Let's see. Don't donate because it's not, or you know, don't donate to think that you know it's going to get someone out of the hospital because it doesn't work like that. <laughs> um, I'm just saying, you know, in general. But um, <laughs> please don't. But don't wait until cardiac arrest to donate. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, don't without, without the cardiac arrest. Donate for the right reasons. But yeah, until then, we'll see y'all Thursday. Peace, motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>